You're listening to an app session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. Okay, so uh, I'm with Julie Street. We started in 1980. Like most of you were not born. And I love it that you weren't and that you're in this room. First, just let me say thanks so much for coming because it's really scary to go to an app and go, oh my gosh, what if nobody comes? Especially if you know that Casey's not coming because, you know, I mean, every, well, many people know Casey because the tall redhead, that, that just distinguishes him, and even in our town. That's, it is a distinguishing quality about him. So we started in 1980, Christian faith. We met in Bible school four years before we started church. So um, I came first, then he came the second quarter to school. Um, I was raised in a PK home, so and my mom is a PK. My 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 my. It goes right now. I think we have counted. There's 18. I think we're at 20 pastors in our line. You know. So I, I think there's something about, in fact, actually, I bet you we're up. I bet we're a little bit up from that because I, I forgot to count my, uh, anyway, it's right around 20. But generationally up, across, and so there's a lot of pastors in there. So I, I almost wanted to rename this room, oh my gosh, how to do it. Because it's, you know, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of parts to pastoring that when, when you grow up in it, it's one thing. And when you live it, it's another thing. And then how to, and then when you, and then you're on the side of transitioning, also, it's another thing. So I've been on all those sides. And, um, and so our, our, our topic today was on vision, faith, and renewal, which is absolutely the keystone. It's just been the secret of what we really have been. So, well, um, so going back just slightly, we were we met in Bible college, and um, I had told my my parents in high school that I was going to marry me a redhead. And so when I went to school, I waited for him, and he came second quarter. I didn't realize he was in a drug program at the time. So praise the Lord. So he came into the he came into the um, into school, and he was. Um, uh, and I, I always tease him. I said, "Babe, I said one of the things I did not want to marry. I know this sounds really really weird, but I didn't really want to marry a super skinny guy, you know, whatever." And um, so he was he because he'd been in the drug program, and all they did was feed him, you know, bread and potatoes. And so basically, he weighed forty pounds that he weighs now, which is the only time of his whole life that he weighed 40 pounds more. So I went, yeah, I said yes on our first date, and then he proceeded to lose that 40 pounds. <laughs> Never to gain it. And so, so God does unique and funny things. I, I just tell that story because sometimes God goes, are you kidding me? You're going to really act like that? Well, fine, check this out, girlfriend. Does something quite fun in your life, and then you realize how ridiculous that that desire or that thought was in your life. But I think God is just kind and generous to us at different times and helps us through our humanity to get us from one place to another place. And, and then we, we, we dated a couple of years. Um, and then um, finally my dad said, my dad was going to Australia. He, went, he taught all over in Australia during the early, late 70s. And dad said, you know what, I need to go to Australia and teach. And so would you get married? And we said, yes. So we obeyed my dad, and uh, we got married. Um, and then, then, then we were still in Bible college, and we were junior high pastors at our church for free. We had services on Sunday morning and on Wednesday night. Never missed one time because we are extremely hardworking. And uh, for three years, and our pastor never met with us one time. Wow. 
So we were volunteers, never met with a with pastor one time. They just said, go do it. We were dating when we first started, which is kind of scary that they let two dating people lead the team. Yeah. And then we grew it and did really, we were doing very, very good. And then literally we um, graduated from Bible college. And then the very next Sunday, we started our church. Wow. And um, we started in the, in the cafeteria of a uh, school, of a little Christian school, so they had a cafeteria that they, of course, because it was a Christian school, they probably were on a very low budget because nobody cleaned the room. So we would come early and clean the room, taking literally taking out the garbage. It smelled because it was a cafeteria, so it was food, and they had the food. And we would clean that, and then we'd go clean the bathrooms, and then we would get ready for the church. And um, and, and and it was a very unique part of the story because this is a, a bit ago. It was before things were created, y'all. And there is there had been this free um, um, a free TV thing that you could do on cable. Now there were not the channels like there are today, right? So it was a free cable thing that Casey had found randomly that was so far away when we first found it in Bible college. So he went on this little local channel that would just be in this one little tiny area that I didn't even know where it was. I couldn't even remember where this little area that it would show the TV program was at. So it's a part of the story. So, so it, because you only lived in this one area of your own world and then we went to church and we went to school and I went to work and then when we then he um, asked our pastor to be on the tv show with him to interview him so they went to the to where the where they were taping the tv show and so pastor and him were driving down the freeway and they were talking about what was going to happen when Casey graduated and it had already been determined that we were going to start a church very very, this was very short in our in how things happened. Very quickly things happened. Four years of school and the last quarter we knew exactly what we were going to do, but not before. That's probably some of the story of vision, faith, and renewal. Because often we want to know everything before it's going to happen. And we want to know years in advance, but sometimes you're going to know months in advance, days in advance. So when we were driving here, they were driving down the road. I was probably at work. And, um, and Casey and Pastor were in the car. And, um, and as they were driving down the freeway, Casey's pastor said, you know, I really feel good about you guys starting a church. And Casey, just prophetically, he just said, I think it's going to be right there. And as he pointed, he pointed literally to the area is where we found the school that we are renting, which could get that cable little network where people, if they were turning out, would have only got it in there. Then I had to say, where is it? I don't. I live in the north end. It was in the south end. I'd never been there. We'd never even been down to this place. So we drove down to find where we could find a building, rent a building. We, we literally mimeographed the address off of the first Sunday. Some of you that are old enough know we mimeographed, passed out before they said yes, we could use the room. <laughs> Faith, stupidity, or foolishness. I'm not sure which one that we fit into that place. But I, I guess, you know, we are people in this room. This is like a favored room. I mean, when I'm looking at you, you are people in this room that say, I'm up game of really wanting to serve the kingdom of God. You are up game people. You are people that are, you're counting the cost. You're in. The, you're in it. You're winning. You're fighting for it. You you live with certain disappointments that are very similar to each other. You live with wins that are similar to each other. If we were police, we'd call us. You know the blue blue. What did, what are police called again? Blue something. No, you know when you blue say a police is a blue 
Men in blue? Men in, they're not men in blue, you know. Like blue blood people, you know they don't that's, huh? But all police are called people, but I think people in ministry, we should have our own code. You know, if, if you say a person, I mean a police, if you just say blue something, it's police, it doesn't matter what they look like, you know, doesn't matter their history, doesn't matter how old or how young, you immediately, huh? It's a cop, you know, whatever. And, but, we, whatever. but we are also, we have our own club. It doesn't matter how long we've been in it, how short. It doesn't matter what our color looks on the outside. We're all in it to win it of the same team. We're the same team, right? Right? So if you take one of us down, we all go. We're just like, you, you take them, I'm with them. That's the way we should be. We should be fighting one for another. You know, we're supposed to love each other in the household. Right? You know that, right? So you fight one for each other. So anyway, so we started Christian faith, and then we started the process of growth. Things happened in our world that we were untrained for, untaught. Casey was not raised in church. My husband had not even gone to church until he got saved. And when I mean he hadn't been to church, I mean like maybe two times. He had just not been to church, or he was not a church kid in the least. So when he went to Bible school, a Pentecostal Bible school, everything was new. When I went to a Pentecostal Bible school, I'd been a Methodist kid. Everything was new. I mean, people, they would sing and dance and shout. And I'm like, I'm a Methodist kid. And, and so a lot of things were very, very different for us. And we began to learn. And we were, Like I said, we were junior high pastors of the kids. And we were working. And we were very involved with the drug rehab program. We were very involved with counseling. We were very involved with all kinds of weird stuff going on. And we started the church. And so we just ran, and, and things began to happen in ways that were supernatural. We didn't realize how supernatural it was until you look back. And again, that's a note of vision and faith. We're talking vision and faith. We're talking things that I want to inspire, I want to encourage, I want to kind of like update. It's 3 o'clock. You're not going to fall asleep on me if I just, you know, give you only four, four points all the time, you know? And you should know anyway, I'm not a great four-pointer. Casey is. I am not. That's not the way it rolls. But, but, but I, I want to inspire us that we have to be people that we walk by faith, not by sight. That we are people that we don't always see everything, but we are people that say, but I love some of the... In fact, actually, today, I think everything has been amazing in its teaching, like A plus, or, you know, get, give them all a grade, you know, a, a double, double grade, you know? But when you think about it, putting God first, when you look at what Pastor Gray said, it, it, like, I was going to look at my notes, because I, I took really good notes when he was teaching, like, like I don't always. But, but, uh, but when he said that... I thought that's something that we should remember when he talked about that, of like really the secret sauce of putting God first. You know, we put God first, and I'm gonna, and then, and then he said, when he said this, put God first, he said, treat people right, work hard, and don't do anything stupid. Okay, that is the, also the secret sauce of walking by faith. It is, it is the reality is that. We are called to do things, whether whatever role that you are in in building the kingdom of God, whatever role you're in, because we have different roles that we are called to walk in. But all of us that are called, that we have given ourselves to be called to the role that we have really taken on the, the, the bite of really building the kingdom of God. You have to remember in any walk of faith, you have to remind yourself at the beginning of your walk, in the middle of the walk, in the mid of your walk, in the later part of your walk, you have to put God first. And you have to be fearless 
And you have to make sure that you keep yourself around people that are fearless. And I don't mean that they don't have fear. I mean that they are fearless. That even when they have fear, they will do it anyway. They will do it anyway. I think that's the thing that you have to realize. I am fearful. I have been so afraid of doing certain things in my life. I have been terrified of certain things in my life. I've been terrified to get up and teach in certain rooms that I was invited to teach in. I was terrified. Like, like I have tra- I have gotten on airplanes and traveled to different parts of the earth that I thought n- I never would have imagined myself being able to do that. But that is taking a step of faith because God said, this is what you are to do. I can't. I can't. I can't. I've heard those words from myself a million times. I have said those words inside myself a million times. You can't do it, Wendy. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not cute enough. Whatever you want to say. You're not old enough at one point. Now I'm too old. (laughs) Because at one time in the room, I was always the youngest. I was because we started so young, and Casey and I uniquely immediately got because this is what happened. We started the church and we built our first church in three years. So we had our first church building up, and it was a seating of about a thousand people. Okay, so it was a really amazing feat. Okay, then somebody wrote a book about like bad Christians, you know, some like I don't know what it was, and they put Casey's name in the middle of Robert Schuler. And Kenneth Hagin. No. What a blessing of the Lord. <laughs> wow. We were so blessed because here this book was supposed to write how bad all these people were. And we got our name, who was a nobody name, in the middle of Robert Schuler and Kenneth Hagin. Now, you might not know them, but oh my gosh. Talk about generals of faith. And we get put in the middle of them. So what happened is here we are, the young punks in, in Seattle. I mean, nobody knows people in Washington. Even to get there, you have to, on purpose, fly there. You know? And it's called frozen. Do you know that we are now called, literally in the latest study of Seattle, they call us frozen Seattle because we're not nice. Literally, they said people in Seattle, that's called frozen. They literally did a whole thing on us, frozen Seattle. They said, no, in Seattle, if you say, hey, how are you? They say, shut up. Don't want to talk to you. We are called the frozen area of the map because people are like, no, I don't want to be your friend. You know, get out of my face, you know. And so here we are in this part of the world which we love, which we're called to, which God is the best place on the earth to live is in Washington. Some of y'all should come up there and be a part of the team. But in which way? So, so here he gets his name written in this book. And then people, all kinds of people would say, well, who is Casey Tree? Who is Casey Tree? We better have Casey Tree come and teach. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Casey's getting these invitations from some of the most amazing people on the earth that God put us into relationship wow. with that we never would have had happen except somebody negatively wow. wanted to write about us. <laughs> so you know when bad stuff come against you? How many of you have had bad stuff come against you? How many have had people gossip about you and say bad, mean things? How many times have you felt betrayed and thought, oh my gosh, really, I mean it, I mean it. Like anybody else in here, <laughs> let me put up 12 hands. I'll put up, that, that, but I didn't realize that that opened the door of opportunity, of relationship. That's amazing, huh? Hey, listen, 
You know, okay, so we just had this great preacher in our church, and every time he said, if you agree with that, stand up! Yeah. I might make you stand up. Uh-huh. You know, especially if anybody looks, anybody looks tired. I'm like, you look tired? I know it's 3. Oh, 3.15. You get a little bit tired. If I say above, I might just say, stand up! Uh-huh. And I'll preach it just like that. Stand up! Uh-huh. Hear the word of the Lord! Stand up! Yeah! You need that fire, you know? do something good for God, you know? I'm like, yes, it's so fun and it's so exciting, you know? So you never know. You never know what will open opportunity for you. Somebody says to you, it's impossible. You can't do that. You know, not all people are mean. They're not all being mean to you when they say that. You have to realize they're not always against you either. Like uh, my, uh, one of, when I was in uh, high school, my junior, the junior counselor of my school I, I, I was really irritated because I got a, a B on a paper. Now, not that I was an sp- amazing student, but I knew which classes to take. So I would get really good grades, right? And so I had this class, and it was a, a writing class of some sort, and I got a B on the paper, and I was like, oh, really? So I talked to the counselor, and I said, I got this B on this paper. Well, he read the paper, and he said, he said you should acknowledge or just go ahead and accept the fact that you're not a good writer. Like this, you know? Well, I took that in the depths of my heart. I really believed him. And I thought, well, I'm not a really good writer. I said, wow, I'm not a really good writer. Okay. Now, I hadn't really thought about myself as a writer or a non-writer. Really, I hadn't really thought about it until he told me that. He was not mad at me. He was not angry at me. And he was not trying to be mean to me. People have said things to you that they were actually trying to help you. They thought it was a kind remark. They thought it was a building remark. They thought it was a remark that would say, you know, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. So they weren't bad. They were just wrong. They were just wrong. They did not see your future in God. They only saw what they could see with their own natural eyes. And some of you in this room have had words said over you. And, and God has called you to do something in vision and faith that you're butting up against those words that have been said. You're butting up against them. And God said, I put vision in you to do this. I have called you. I want you to have that anointed imagination that I have put within you. I need you to push that anointed imagination. I need you to walk by faith and not by sight. I need you to call those things that be not as though they are. I need you to push and push. You see this line and you say, but I can't. I I said in Bible school, Casey would look at my papers, and they literally, they had a 10 out of 10. That's my grade. 10 out of 10. Perfect paper. Well, it wasn't perfect, but it was 10 out of 10. And he would start to read it. You know, I grabbed it out of his hands. This was one of our first fights. I grabbed it out of his hands, my paper, and I was like, and I did a typical old thing that I did in my old boyfriend air. I grabbed the paper and I marched off, and I marched to my apartment looking for him to follow me the whole time because that's what boys always did, too. And he didn't do it. So, so I wisely did this. I marched right back. And I said, How come you didn't follow me? He said, Because we don't do that. <laughs> This is just a marriage informational file. <laughs> he said, we don't do that. He said, if you have something to say, say it. Because I want to hear it. I went, so, so if, I, if I just 
walk off mad like that? You ain't going to follow me? He goes, no, that's not how we're building our, our relationship. Wow. I said, I'm marrying you. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> and he said to me, why did you walk off? Who? Do you know that you, you know the Bible? But remember Adam and Eve were in the garden. And they hid. So many of us, even right now, you right here in this room, you're hiding. You have got things that God has put a vision within. It's a God vision. It's a God imagination of what your future holds. He has said, now walk with that by faith. Come on. Come on, begin to move, begin to move. Take those little steps to create that movement of faith. Begin to move that. But you, you have this thing in your head, and you're like, I won't because, I can't because, it's not possible because. And so when he looked at that paper, he said, who told you? And I would ask you the same question. Who told you that you cannot? Of this thing that's within you. Now listen, hey listen, I'm never going to do certain things of life. I don't care if, you know, I mean, there are certain things in my life I'm never called to do. So it doesn't matter if somebody tells me you can't do it. It's true, I can't do certain things. But this particular thing that this particular thing that this person had said to me was not a God word. It was a human word. And the human word was wrong. It wasn't meant me. It wasn't meant to damage me. It was just wrong. So when I had to address that in my own self, and I had to say, what am I going to do about it? When we started Christian Faith, I had this dream and desire to write these simple books. You know, I didn't think I was going to write some book like, you know how some people write these books that are like these. Like my friend just got done writing a book, Beth Jones, which her book comes out, y'all want to get it. This woman is a Bible teacher. She does Beth in her basics. She is brilliant at what she writes and how she does it. She is like a gifted writer at a high level. I'm not supposed to be a high, this kind of te- writer. I'm supposed to be an inspirational writer. Yeah. I'm supposed to inspire and encourage and, yeah, and, be, okay. and be basic in my word structure and, and communicate just, you can do it type of spirit, right? Yeah. So, so but I had to figure that out. I had to adjust and see and feel because I had this thing was you've got to write this book, you've got to see, you've got to put this book, you've got to get together. And I, think, and I kept saying, no, I can't. No, I can't. No, I can't. And then, but, and, and, but it's not going to be on the New York bestsellers list. I said, yeah, I didn't ask it to be. God said, I didn't ask that of you. I asked you to do what I asked you to do to reach the people that I want you to reach. Who are you accountable in God's plan for you to reach, not for what I'm supposed to do, but what you're supposed to do, in whatever gifting that it might be, whatever thing that it might be. Okay, I'm telling you my story, but you have your story of vision and faith. So when I said, okay, okay, I will do it. I put together this, you know, it's simple, and I started writing. Well, at this point, I think I'm up to about 15 books. 15, maybe, maybe more. 15 books. You that are mid, you that are older, you have to hear this. 
When you are young, there's certain things that the Spirit of God says, do it now. And you're, you're supposed to get it done at that time. And you might say, but I'm too young to do it. Well, God told you to do it, so do it anyway. Okay? When you're mad, God says, do this. And you go, well, you know, I'm kind of busy. I've got my life. I've got my kids. I've been so busy. God says, excuse me, this is the time that there's something that is to be released from you in some kind of way. What is that? And when, they get, when you, we get older and there's seasons of parts of life that God says, now I want you to do this. And you go, yeah, all right. Nobody even cares if I do it now. That would be one of my thoughts, you know. Who told me that? Well, I don't know. Everyone tells you. Sometimes it's like, well, who cares anymore? And God says, I told you to do it now. I didn't tell you to do it when you're 20, 30, 40, 50. I told you to do it now in your world and in your life. You're to, I, I have saved it for such a time wow, as this. There are things in all the seasons of your life that the Spirit of God will say, I got a vision for you. Now, I've got, you've got to use your faith. You've got to use your faith to move it. You've got to get your faith to move in that direction. You've got to have your faith to, to push it. Okay, and faith to this, let me go on this thing of faith also, that I think many people think only faith, kind of that ethereal, or it's out there, what does that mean? But faith is willing, say that, a, 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 musically, I'll just use it for, because I thought of this the other day, when there's people always in church that are very musical, but they will not become, they won't join the dream team music, because they're, because, oh, I'm not good enough, and is oh, I, I just, somebody else sings better, somebody else plays better, somebody, and I said, and I thought, you know what, they don't understand that operating in that nap, that gifting that's within them musically is also operating by faith. That you decide, oh no, it's by faith that I will operate. It's by faith that instead of me thinking about me and about my inabilities, I will think about him and his abilities. And I will be a person that says yes instead of no. I'll be a person that when I'm asked to, hey, do you want to help out in... Do you want to do this? And you think, no, I can't do that. And you say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Who am I listening to right now? Before I answer no, let me first listen to the voice of God. Let me hear if there's a, that silent voice, of, that still voice of God that God says, yep. And you go, okay. Now listen, God's not going to ask you, like for instance, God is not going to ask me to go get in the accounting department. <laughs> That's not God's still small voice. That's my foolish voice. If I think I'm supposed to go start counting the money, God's going to say, get out of there, Wendy, because you're not good at that. You never will be good at that. That's not negative voice. That's just me being silly. And sometimes we're silly. Sometimes we're silly because we want something because we're jealous of somebody else. Ooh. That was fire, people. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes we, we think, oh, I, I should have that, so I'm going to just believe that God's going to give me that. No. No. It, that, that isn't how the kingdom works. We all have gifts and talents that are God, and they're dreams and visions that are very unique to us, but they're not your neighbor's. They're not the same. You know, they're joined together because we're family. But you can't want what they have. How many of you know Galatians 6.4? Galatians 6.4 says rejoice in yourself alone, not in another. Don't be looking for somebody else's gifts. Don't be trying to be what somebody else does. And don't be trying to walk and go, oh, that's my vision. No, it's not your vision. That's just your foolishness of trying to be cool. And so you have to really determine, God, it, does this line up? For instance, I have three grandkids right now. 
and I'm happy more in Jesus' name. But, you know, I have three kids, three grandkids at the moment. But when I look at them, it's easy to see grandkids in a way that you didn't always see your own kids. Because your kids, you're so involved constantly in trying to figure it all out. But oh, we have Willow. She's firstborn. She is so firstborn. I mean, if you read the books on firstborn, she hits all the... She just tick, 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 tick. She is firstborn. Okay? But, but that also means that in her life... God will never real you. You're not going to find a lot of firstborns that are really great comedians. You just, you just don't find them. Generally speaking, a firstborn is not a great comedian because their bent is more analytical. Their bent is telling you what to do. Their bent is black and white. Their bent is you know structure. So so comedian is. But you will find a comedian being middle or baby. Generally, most comedians, the funniest comedians, are generally the youngest of the group. And they just are. Why? Well, because they just because it works in a birth order way. I can't. I'm not going to analyze it. There's books written on it. They're smarter than I am. <laughs> but I will say, in looking at her, if she all of a sudden, when she was 30, said, "Well, I'm going to go on the comic row," I would say, "Okay, okay." But know that it's going to be a lot of stress because when you're not operating in your tremendous strength, it's stress, not joy. Wow. So, so, so I'm like, so what? So, for instance, like when you look at like Joel Osteen has his brother, um, what's the old brother's name? Paul. Paul Osteen is a surgeon, and he comes when they needed help. Paul Osteen leaves his surgery. What does he do? It's the same kind of analytical. He comes over and starts to analyze and run the ministry. Why? Because it's in his gifting. He he wasn't supposed to be the one that should have been teaching. He was supposed to be the one that took care of all the the, the putting their, the ducks in the row personality. Yeah. So that's his strength. But but him leaving one thing to do the other thing took faith. Yeah. So we had to operate in faith, yeah. but it's still same line. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm really trying to get because sometimes we have this. It's so far out there that we that we don't really bring it into our own world of life. We don't go. That's what that means. Operating by faith, you you know, like for instance, me when we moved because we always moved around being a PK. Our family had to move every couple of years, so we moved to this new neighborhood when I was going into the second grade. So we moved to this new. I have an older sister. She's firstborn. I've not my my brother. Next brother, then there was me. So I'm middle. You can you tell I'm kind of a middle? Yeah, yeah I'm totally middle. Then I got a couple more below me. So 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 we we moved in this whole new neighborhood, and it was and we always had to move first week of summer. So you have no friends. So we move into them. So, so all of us kids, we all got together. Now, Gina was too tiny, so it was only the four oldest ones. So we all got together, and so we went door-to-door knocking to find new friends. We went door-to-door knocking. All four of us were just lined up. So I'm second grade. Scott would have been first grade. And John would have been third grade. And then Debbie would have been fifth grade. So we went door-to-door knocking. And we knocked on the door. Guess who did all the talking? Hey. Now it's funny if you think about it. My older sister could have, my older brother could have, but I was the one that did the talking. I've always talked. I've always got zero in self control in school. Any of you that might be a teacher, you would yeah, you always you always need to move it to the front row. You know, and sometimes they don't realize, man, the talkers go move to the back, move to the front, have them sit right here because they can concentrate better. They meaning me. But I was always the talker. So why would God not use me in something that had talking? So what about you? 
See, what about when you think about vision and you think about faith? So often, some of you go, God, that's, I can't imagine I would, God would ask me to do that. Well, he probably wouldn't. Why would he go against the very bent wow. of personality that he put wow, within you? That's so, good. so there's a bent of personality, and then, follow me, then there's also the devil that comes at some point in your life to try to take it from you. Who told you that? So see, when I was a junior, a person came and said to me, you can't do that. Now, there obviously had been other things that had been said to me that created a pathway for me to grab it and to hold those words of destruction in my very being. Same is true with you. But you have to realize that that God saw and has given you certain parts of who you are. You, like, like Willow being a firstborn, there's certain things, man, that girl is, like she puts things in order. But now her Nora, who's two and a half, the second one, oh my gosh. That girl can just, you leave her for one minute and she has got her hand in the cookie jar. I mean, because she is just creative and going and moving and chasing and it's just what, which that's her personality bent. So when she's older, God will use that bent to build the kingdom of God. So when you look at you, look at you from the eyes that God created and say, God, maybe I need to see some of that. Because maybe some words have been spoken over me that have brought such destruction to the story of who I am that I have lived in a shell instead of burst out of that shell and let God really be strong within me. Oh man. Okay, everybody stand up for a minute. Are we supposed to go literally until four? What time are we supposed to get done? Does anybody know? Is it three thirty? Is it supposed to get done at 3.30 or 4? What time are we supposed to get done? It is 4? Like, who preaches an hour anymore? Come on. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, we always used to preach an hour, but we don't anymore. And so, like, y'all need to do jumpy jacks or something like that. I'm sweating up here. Are you sweating? Up here? Yeah. So give somebody a high five or say, oh, my gosh, I'm loving this. Or, whoa. Hey. Okay, have a seat for a minute, and then, and then I, I might like, you know, because like, because you know you can only take like I, I'm a I'm a firm believer in the A plus really get what God has for you to get what really God has for you, and then you know we don't have to go forever, even though I am an amplified teacher and love to teach forever and ever. Oh man, okay. So we're dealing with vision, dealing with faith, and then dealing with renewal. Before I talk about renewal for just a minute, let me give you one more little story about the spirit of yes. Because I believe we as believers, that yes opens doors of opportunity like nothing else. I believe that, you know how people say, you know, you just have to really learn how to say no. And I thought, no, you don't. No, you really don't need to learn how to say no. Very few people have to learn how to say no. Most people have to learn how to say yes. And you have to have a spirit of yes, not a spirit of no. You know, I mean, if you're going to, I do believe in the balance of life. I do believe in being smart. I do believe in being, really have quality family, quality marriage. And I mean, I really believe that, and that's where, you know, making your schedule and your life well done. I think that those are, that's a whole different subject. But I do think that, unfortunately, some people, it's easy for you to say no and not as easy for you to say yes. But to me, I think that God in some way 
At some point in my life, I just decided I always will say yes. Always. If there is an opportunity, yes is my yes. Is I will do it. If I can make it happen, I will get there. I will make it happen, and I'll be true to my word. So I was in, I was in this um, really big conference, and I had been teaching. But before I went to the conference, I was at home, and the Spirit of the Lord said to me, you're going to be teaching on Sunday morning. And I hadn't been asked, but you're going to be teaching on Sunday morning, and this is your lesson. Put the whole lesson together, had it, brought it with me. Nobody had asked me to teach on Sunday. So I get to the, shir- I get to the service, and, uh, and the, it was a wonderful. Todd, it's wonderful, it's powerful, it's good. There's, I need some really cool people in the room, much really cool people in the room. And, uh, and so we were all sitting at a table. And um, there are people that I admired, and I thought, wow, they're so, like, can I say their name? And, oh, they're so cool. And, and uh, so, and so, uh, and they had asked me, right, oh, okay, so I was in worship during the service. I, I forgot this one part. I was in service before the dinner, after the service, and we were worshiping this, and I just was worshiping God, and God said, your yes has opened doors for you. Your yes. And I, and I thought, Thanks, God. And, and they, they hadn't asked me yet. And I thought, well, is that what I'm supposed to teach on tomorrow? And this bird life says, no, I already told you what you're to teach on. I'm just saying, honey, your yes has opened doors for you. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, yes, God. And so, and so I just got a little confused for a minute. So then I go, so I come out. And the leader of the area, he said to me, hey, can you teach tomorrow? And I said, absolutely. And he said, because oh, I was so fast. He was kind of, oh, oh, okay. I didn't tell him. Yeah, God told me two weeks ago. You're a little slow. You know? So, so and, and I've been wrong a few times. You know what I mean? But I just really felt it. And I really, and like, you know, I, I, it was just that, okay. So then I go to the dinner, right? So I'm sitting at the dinner. And, uh, and so I said, and I, everybody said, and I said, I need, I need to leave. And so a person that was very, very significant she says, oh, are you leaving early? And I said, yeah, I need to go back. She goes, oh, are you teaching tomorrow? And I said, yes. The whole table got quiet. And she said, oh, that's so good because I turned them down and said no. And I went, wow. okay, how many of you would have liked to have that just announced at the table that you were second choice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? You were second choice. And I, and I said to her, I said, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear another sign. I knew that it wasn't Christian. <laughs> okay, remember, I'm from Washington, people. You that are maybe more Southern, you might have been offended at that. I don't want to offend you at all. I just am really, I'm really saved. I really love Jesus. <laughs> okay, but I drive, I drive worse than Chris. So I'm just telling y'all. Okay. So anyway, so, so I left the room and immediately, I mean, like, I have dealt with that sense of in, in inferior so much. Wow. I've, 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 you know, that sense of I can't, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough. Especially that, that because Casey and I teach so differently and people have compared at different times. It's just like, it, it has just, you know, it, it has just chased me at times. Wow. Where I just had to just fight against that sense of such inferior, you know. So as I got that word, I'm thinking... <laughs> I just felt like a little kid that had just, you know, kind of gotten called out on the on the on the play field, and I, I just you just feel bad. I, I, I felt bad. I just felt stupid, and I and so I'm walking out of the room, and as I'm taking a step, God said, "Didn't I say your yes would make room for you? Didn't I tell you what to do?" And I thought, "Yes, you did." 
He said, so walk by faith. Walk by faith. I called you to do something. Is that other person really good? Yeah, they are. You're not compared to that person. They weren't called to do what you're called to do right here. You were called. You were called. So you do what you're supposed to do. And don't you compare. And don't be mad at her. It's fine. No big deal. She said it. It wasn't really an appropriate word to say. She just let it pop. But us women sometimes, and men sometimes do, just pop words out of their mouth. She didn't mean to offend me. She wasn't trying to hate me. She just let it pop out of her mouth. She probably was so ashamed of herself when she walked away. But she just let it pop out. I have had pop out words at times that I wish I wouldn't have said. So I could live by who told me that. Those words that popped out, those words that I wanted to feel stupid about, those words that I wanted to take with me onto that platform that that next Sunday morning, I could have taken all those words with me, or I decide to walk by faith. I decide to walk by faith. Now listen, I had the leader of the whole group come and apologize, and I said, no, I got it. I didn't want to belittle what they were apologizing, but I also had had to get with God. Because a person can apologize, but if you don't get with God, you'll still keep the scar. Wow. You'll keep the pain, and it will stop you from going forward. It will stop you from, because all those, all those inadequacies, I mean, I don't know, some of y'all maybe are just so confident in all realms of your life. That has not been my path. My path has been more in feeling the inferior, not feeling that, that I'm, the, I'm the best in the West, you know. Hey, I haven't dealt, I, I haven't had that strength. I've had the other part of it. But I had to decide. I walk by faith in my insecurities. I walk by faith. And that means I will do things that are impossible for me to do. I will say yes. I will say yes. And then the pastor, before I got up, he said, oh, and by the way, We don't do this for almost anybody, but we put you on every single one of our campuses. Hello, spoke to the whole nation. Yeah, I loved it. I went. I thought to that other lady, "Well, you didn't get to speak to the whole nation, did you?" I wasn't mad at her though. (laughs) You know, you never know though what your yes will do. You don't know what your yes will do. And there was something about it that I, I knew God had told me to do it. But I could have punked out. You could punk out when you know you're doing right and the devil comes against you. We're not above it, no matter how long we've been in it, uh, being above it. And then renewal. I'm not going to go into renewal really much at all because it's, you know, it's, it's like. But renewal, and if Tracy was here, he'd be saying, we're done, we're done, we're done. That's, yeah, he, that's my husband. And I always tell him, no, you're not, no, you're not. So, but renewal is a key to life. And uh, how many of you have bought Casey's in my renewal book? Just go on Amazon and get it. It is a, um, it is a book that really changes people's life. And I say that with humility, not with, because even talking about, I get, like, I get kind of, can I say this? It, but has I mean we now we've written it, we've had it out there for so long, and we re, we rewrote it in the last two years, so it had some freshness to it and some some today understanding. But that book has has changed people's lives in ways that are that are just all. It's just amazing what God has used in that. And I think many of us just have to really decide. 
I got to get God thinking. I have got to get God thinking. And I fight for that in my life in every realm. You know, in life, if you don't get the God way of thinking, we will lose. We just plain and simple will lose. We will lose because the battle gets rough at times. And um, we've just gone through really some, I mean, just slap us in the face, rough stuff. I mean, waves that we did not know that we were going to get hit with. Tsunami waves. Is that, did I say that right? Tsunami. Is that how you call it? Tsunami waves. Yeah, there you go. Hey, I prayed for the Philistines one time, too. (laughs) In a big prayer meeting, come pray for the Philippines. Absolutely. The Philistines, we call them saved. In all my imperfections, that's what I say, you know. But vision, vision is what God has, that anointed imagination that he puts within you to see. That faith that will say, come on, take a step. Call those things to be not as though they are. Begin to move in that direction. And renewing of your thinking. If you don't renew your mind, you, you will stop yourself constantly. You'll just stop yourself because you can't do it. And the truth is you can't. The truth is, you cannot. Wow. It's only through God, Christ. Wow. And you have to think his way. And in all the stages of your life, it does not change. You don't just get renewed and then don't have to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. I have to renew my mind at 62 in ways that I never would have imagined at 52, at 42, at 32. Because there's things today that I'm like, are you kidding me? God says, go ahead, honey, change that thought. All right. <laughs> He helps us in all stages of our life. Father, I just thank you and I praise you for this amazing room of people. This amazing room of people that love you and that honor you. And all the different stories that they have come into this room with. Some of pain, some of victory, some of challenge, some of tremendous wows. Father, that have come in with different life situations, with marriages and with kids and with just... All the different stories that you know that are happening in every person in this room's life. God, I just speak that your your strength, your peace, your more than enough propels them to get to the next place. Where in that next place they can look back and go, wow, I I did it. And 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 it, it ignites us to do it again. But I just speak healing. And I speak a wholeness. And I speak a revelation of your love and your more than enough yes. in each and every person in this room. Yes. Open up doors of opportunity. Open up favor and increase. Open up your love and your peace and that, that sense of I love who I am because you've made me this way. And I just thank you and I praise you, God, that you are, that you just are, that you are our God, that you love us, that you have made a place for us. And that that place is wonderful. And we just thank you, God, for this blessing on earth that we can walk in your strength, we can walk in your goodness, we can walk in your more than enough. And we love you. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this session from the Art Conference. Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations, and to register for an upcoming Art Conference, visit artconference.com.